Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I am a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and my latest book, Brave New Girl. Thanks so much for joining me today. So for those of you who are considering becoming a brave new girl or a brave new you, I wanted to share a few reviews from Amazon. So far, it's got all five-star reviews, which is quite amazing. I'll just share a couple. Karen says, if you want to kickstart your transformation into a more confident woman, then this book is a must. I love the fact that Chloe writes as if she is having a chat with you. The text is easy to follow and digest and having exercises to practice what you've learned at the end of each chapter, followed by take home notes as well, is a real bonus. Rhea said, a must read, simple as that. An absolutely brilliant book that is relatable on every level and makes a lot of things we feel and think a lot more understandable and makes us realise we're not alone in it either. I'd recommend it to every woman. And then someone that is called Talent Manager on Amazon is saying, building confidence and inner peace in a challenging world. Chloe is truly inspirational in her writing as it comes from a genuinely authentic place of having suffered from anxiety and a lack of self-belief herself. Her guidance is practical, easy to work with and so very helpful. Brave New Girl enables you to succeed and empowers you to fulfil your potential. So thank you so much for all those reviews so far. Feels a bit weird reading your own reviews, but I just wanted to give you a taste of what people think of it. You can get Brave New Girl on Amazon and also in all good bookshops. And if you like it, please do leave me a review and let me know what you think. So this week on the podcast, I'm talking to my friend and brilliant career change coach, Alice Stapleton. Now she helps people who are in their 20s and 30s, that's millennials, of which I am one, and maybe you as well. But even if you're not a millennial, I think you'll still benefit from this episode. And she helps people to change career if that's what they want to do and figure out what they want to do instead. Because how many of us get kind of stuck in jobs that that we deep down know aren't right for us or we fall into a job and suddenly get to our early 30s or late 20s and think, I don't want to do this for the rest of my career. And also lots more of us are thinking, you know what, I'd like to work for myself. And Alice guides people in really getting clear on what it is that's right for them and helping them to make that transition. And I know our careers are such big parts of our lives, aren't they? I just really wanted to bring Alice on to talk about 
the way that we can get stuck in careers that we don't want and how to have the courage to make a change if that's what we want to do. So Alice shares the most common issues that she sees with her clients. We talk about how to figure out what it is that you want to do and the pluses and minuses of working for yourself versus working for someone else. So let's get into the episode with Alice Stapleton. The Calm You podcast is made possible this week by Simprove. I was first recommended to take Simprove, a live bacteria food supplement by a nutritionist when I was having digestive issues. Now, drinking their product every morning has become part of my morning ritual and I wouldn't be without it. It's basically become my most recommended product. My parents, my sisters, my boyfriend, even my in-laws and my parents' friends are all taking it now because I rave about it to everyone. It has massively improved my digestion and I used to have problems with food intolerances, which I no longer have. You can save 25% off your first four-week pack of Simprove when you visit www.simprove.com, that's spelled S-Y-M-P-R-O-V-E, and enter the code CHLOE25%. Welcome, Alice. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Good to chat to you. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Can you tell us all what it is that you do and how you got to where you are today? Definitely. So I'm a career change coach. So I specialise in working with people in their 20s and 30s who are considering, I suppose, what might be classed as a fairly early career change. So I work with people who have perhaps fallen into a job with not much thought after education and maybe five years later, two years, eight years, suddenly think, you know what, this is just not for me. They don't really know how they've ended up there and they looking above them thinking that's not the path. I want to go down so I help them figure out what it is that they want to do instead so that they don't feel as trapped and they have a bit more of a direction in their career and I suppose how I got here was having my own career change so I remember went to university trained to do a particular job two years and then six months in I was thinking oh my god I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And it was all a bit mortifying. And because it was a psychology background, I remember thinking, well, I've got options. So I actually had some coaching myself to figure out if I wanted to be a coach or maybe a therapist or a counsellor. Yeah, and coaching just seemed to, to fit really well with my values and focusing on the future and positive change and that sort of thing. So I went from there really and that was getting on to nine years ago now. So I think it's quite useful when you've been through that experience then coaching people who perhaps are feeling the same and you can sort of recognise where they're at and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. That's amazing. So you had your own experience with coaching and that, that inspired you. And I'm just reflecting on how easy it is to fall into the wrong job, the quote unquote wrong, wrong job. I remember, I'm sure at school we did like a quiz 
on a computer where we had to like do this quiz and it would tell you what kind of job you should have and like quite a few of us like made like <laughs> this really big decision based on like a 10 minute quiz that we'd done at school and I think I remember it came it told me I should be a recruitment consultant oh really okay. and thinking about that I just when I researched it I like I think I think I don't know much about recruitment consultants but I have a sense you get like quite a lot of rejection you have to like you know put yourself forward for things and at that time it would just have been the worst job for me ever yeah. so I'm quite glad I didn't go down that road at the time well it was probably picking up on your strengths of working with people but maybe not quite in that context <laughs> um yeah because I, I remember doing those tests as well and I think I took from it okay well needs to be psychology based and people based but sometimes yeah it's a bit of trial and error I think there's just so much pressure to get a job straight away and you know desire to pay off your student loan and start being an adult that we usually just end up taking first thing that we're offered and then somehow it becomes a career because we all want to progress and develop and then and then it sort of gets crunch time and you're looking at management and senior roles and and that sort of thing so yeah because yeah, I I had that situation where I, I studied nutrition at university and after university moved home back with my mum and dad and was searching for a nutrition job but none of the jobs seemed accessible because I hadn't had enough experience and so after a while I just kind of gave up and got a job I think in like advertising or something which I actually ended up getting basically fired from because I wasn't very good at it. So thankfully that kind of getting fired was a really good thing for me because it led me to, yeah, changing career, going traveling, changing career. Hopefully that, that doesn't have to be the thing that leads people to change career for everyone. <laughs> but um, what sort of issues do people come to you with? What are the main kind of, do you get people that are, for example, I don't know, their job's just creating loads of anxiety for them and that's why they want to change their career. Yeah, I think I think it's important to work out where it's stemming from because, yeah, I do get some people who inquire and they, they are very stressed, very anxious and lacking in confidence. I always think it's important to unpick that a little bit because if that's the sole reason that they're being turned off that particular career, then it might be that that's worth working on separately because it may be that that tarnishes any enjoyment from any other career, if that makes sense. Sometimes it's a contributory factor and underneath there are those niggles about the career path in itself. Maybe it doesn't sit with their values or they can't see the point or the purpose in it and it's not meaningful to them. So yeah, I think it's important to sort of decipher whether that's the sole challenge or whether, as I say, that they're, they're kind of not satisfied with, with the career in itself at the same time. I think mainly the struggle that people have is that they just feel really trapped. I think we have this assumption that we can't do anything unless we have experience in it and yeah that can be difficult but it is possible and we do have options and I think it's that sense of being trapped and but then also overwhelmed at all the things that they could do because of 
the way that the world works now, which is great, but then it can be a bit like a head a rabbit in headlights with, with all the options. So trying to decide what it is that they want to do instead can be feel quite sort of overwhelming and just don't even know where to start with any of that in terms of narrowing the options down. So yeah, I think it's it's really about wanting to feel like their career reflects who they are. So people will say it just doesn't feel like me. So it's just not a good fit. And I guess that's where sometimes the stress and the anxiety can be coming from because it's driving a lack of confidence because they don't really see the point in it anyway. So yeah, I'd say that those are the the main struggles that, that people have. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm thinking about how it's really hard sometimes to distinguish whether the job is wrong for a person or whether the person needs to actually work on their own anxiety and they'd be anxious in any job. And actually it's kind of an internal thing rather than there being any problem with the job itself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just distinguishing. Yeah, because I, I talk to clients quite a bit about their natural preferences. So somebody who's having to be out of their comfort zone the whole day because of their roles and their responsibilities. So, for example, if you're quite introverted, but your role involves a lot of networking or selling or talking to people constantly all day and it's very high energy, that could perhaps create anxiety and stress and feel very exhausting and and tiring so in that situation it may be well actually if the setup was better for you maybe if you had more time to yourself or your work was more reflective based then that stress and that anxiety may not be there as much so yeah sometimes it's about making sure that that the match is right but yeah absolutely I think it's important to recognize that some some challenges like anxiety and what's driving your stress could just be translated to another job and then you feel exactly the same so Mm, yeah okay one thing I'm wondering about is I say we're considered millennials if you're born is it like born between like the 80s and the born in the 80s and the 90s you're a millennial is that right yeah it kind of <laughs> depends who you're talking to or what article you're reading but yeah the way I see it is people born from the 80s through to the year 2000 so it's more about I suppose the influences that our generation had and what we that sort of tension between growing up with our parents generation but then all the societal changes that have happened throughout our upbringing as well. So yeah, it's more more about the generation and then the the year you were born, I suppose. Mm, okay, yeah. And do you think that we get as millennials kind of a bad? Do we have like a bad reputation for? I don't know. We're called snowflakes, or we're called entitled in the workplace. Are these kind of? I don't know. They, is it real? Do we need to take this on board? Should we ignore that? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's really tricky. And I used to do quite a lot of work with organisations about dispelling some of those myths and stereotypes. Because I've always worked with that generation, I see it as the norm, if that makes sense. 
So I don't necessarily think that there is anything outrageous about their needs or their wants or or their expectations. But it's so interesting talking to organisations and their employees from all the different generations about what happens in the workplace and why they stereotype them in in that way. But I I think all it is is that we've grown up at in a time that is abundant and we do have opportunities and choices perhaps we feel entitled because it's possible and we we are I guess of a time where we're thinking well you know life's short we're aware that these awful things happen now so we sort of think well might as well make the most out of life have a career that's that's great and that meets their expectations and I think because everything else is pretty much sorted in terms of stability and security to a degree we sort of travel up that hierarchy of needs and thinking about proper self-actualization and fulfilling our full potential which is yeah a luxurious place to be but what a great place to be and I don't necessarily think that it's bad thing in in any way I wish other generations had had grown up in that way too possibly and as for the snow yeah the snowflake thing yeah I think that's tricky there's a lot of theory about the way that millennials were brought up by their parents and the the parenting style and the impact that that's had on our resilience and ability to deal with rejection and knockbacks and that sort of thing but those things can be worked on and, and developed and it's certainly not true of everybody. So yeah, tricky one. Mm, okay. I like that way of looking at it, that we live in a, a time of more abundance. And so maybe it's a good thing to have those, that sense that, of what's possible for us and what we're, what's available to us rather than thinking that we're entitled. I like that way of looking at it. No, I do. I mean, the people I talk to, it's just an inner desire. They just, they want an enjoyable career and if they can get one with a bit of effort then why not <laughs> yeah. anyways yeah absolutely so is there anything around why people get stuck in jobs as in stuck in jobs that aren't right for them or just going down the wrong career path and maybe only realize like years later how does that happen for people mm, yeah I suppose there's a, there's a couple of things in there. So I think what can happen is that when we start down a particular career, it's all very new and it's challenging and everything's interesting and there's variety because you haven't done it before. You might kind of change organisations a couple of times. And then I think what seems to happen is that you become so knowledgeable and so skilled that it begins to feel like routine and it's mundane and you're not learning and you're not growing and then at then that point you think okay well what would be my next step and then you look at your manager or the chief executive or whoever and that's when I think the questions start around well I sure as hell don't want their job so what does that mean for me now but that can take two to five years. You know, the, the novelty of 
any particular job um, usually takes two to three years to wear off. So I think that's why it can take a while for questions to creep in. And I think sometimes how we get there is because that's what we think we should do. We sort of have a particular perception of what achievement looks like or what success should look like, and whether that's through promotions or salary increases or the house or the car or or whatever, really. So we sort of buy into that way of life. And it's very easy for the years to just pass by without us really thinking about what we're doing in our actual work. So yeah, and and often when people creep towards 30, or perhaps they're about to start a family or get married, I think that's when often people step back and think, okay, well, if I'm going to do something about this, I need to do it now because of the relative freedom that they might be experiencing at, at that particular time. And some people just think that that's what work is. They kind of think, well, no one enjoys their job, and which is a shame because it is possible. But yeah, often we just don't really think it's an option and we just carry on because we need to pay the bills and look after people and, and that sort of thing so yeah it's very easy yeah and, and a few of my friends have have done something which I think is quite brave actually to walk away from a job where they were starting to get more promotions and more money and actually you know go back and study something or you know start a new career at the bottom and that's quite a hard thing to do would you say or what's your experience of helping people with that yeah, I mean, I have to say, I, I really admire my clients because usually from the outset, they say that they're totally happy to do that if it means that they redirect into something that they really enjoy and that they actually have a passion for. Obviously, for some people, that is just not feasible because of their financial situation, but there's always ways to sort of sidestep and transition more incrementally but yeah I think it's amazing if you're up for that and actually some people will say oh well that means it's going to take me two years before I can get there and I often think yeah but the the training is part of that the course is part of that you know that is the start of your journey and actually being able to study what you're interested in and Yes, you might be starting from the beginning, but it will be in a a world that you're fascinated by and that you enjoy and that you're surrounded by people of, um, you know, being like minded and interested in the same thing. So it ends up being a bit of a a win win, really. And then I I know it's really morbid sometimes. Then you think, well, if we're going to be working till we're God, I don't know, 75 potentially. That's a a long period of time to get into something. So, you know, some people say, oh, I don't have time to do that. Or, but you could still, you could do that two or three times in your career and still have a good majority of of that time in, in any one of those careers. So, I like the, I don't know who said this quote, but it's the time's going to pass anyway. So you may as well get started now. And yeah. you're thinking, right, oh, it's going to take me two years to retrain. 
those two years are going to pass so you know you might as well do it do do something that you enjoy well that's yeah that's such a good point yeah two years studying or training or whatever or two years doing what you're currently doing and then it becomes a bit of a no-brainer so yeah as you say time's going to go past anyway you might as well do it in the way that you want to want to spend it how do people go about figuring out what they want to do because I'm sure you can google like what job should I get or obviously you can see a coach like yourself or take a quiz or something but as you said before it's it could be so overwhelming there's so many jobs you could be self-employed you could start a business you could do this and that how do you even begin with that yeah it is it is difficult and it is hard to do on your own because there's so much information that come out, can come out. I mean, what I offer is a sort of three-stage process. And the beginning of that is very much about exploring who you are and what's most important to you. So a lot of it is about raising your awareness and reflecting on when you're at your best and when you feel you're most alive and motivated and starting to piece together what the themes seem to be when those moments occur. Is it because you're collaborating with somebody? Is it because you're discussing a a social issue or a political concern or you can't get enough of a particular person on Instagram? You know, why are you so interested in what they do? What what does that say about your own interests, your own passions, that, that sort of thing? And actually just trying to collate all of that information and, and try to make some sense of it and see what themes are in there. And then the second stage is about collating your tangible ideas as well. So often we have these fleeting moments where we think, oh, I should, I'd love to go and do that. Or you speak to a friend and their job sounds amazing, and, but then it all gets a bit lost. So if you have an ideas bank where you keep putting all of those ideas in, you'll eventually see some patterns emerging. Maybe that's a particular group of ideas or a particular topic or issue or or something like that. So at least then you've got somewhere to start narrowing down your ideas from. And then I think the other bit is actually just to get out there and experiment, you know, shadow Shadow people do one day of work experience if you can take some annual leave. Speak to people who do jobs that you think sound really interesting. Have a look on the internet of some job profiles. Get a sense of what's involved, what their days look like, that kind of thing. You don't need to apply for them. It's just about exploring what you seem attracted to and then starting to piece piece together that puzzle, I guess. Um, yeah, it's difficult and it can be overwhelming, but I think it can be helpful to realise that no job is perfect. And yes, there might be jobs that you've never heard of, but it doesn't mean that the ones you are aware of won't suit you just as well. So I think we have a real fear of missing out. And oh, if we've just if we've just gone that extra mile, we would have found our perfect job. So I think it's just a recognition that you know, I'm sure some of the ideas that you've got are are really quite good too and you can make the most of those. Yeah. Do, do you think there's a, a certain pressure to find 
like our quote unquote dream job or to figure out what our passion is. Like if we could only figure out, if I could only figure out what my passion is, then I'd know what to do. But is that just a, a way that perfectionism can maybe show up that actually there isn't this one perfect job out there for us? And actually there's lots of things that we can do. Do you find that people put that pressure on themselves? Absolutely. And if only it was so easy. You know, I think we can put all our eggs in one basket and rely on our work to somehow make us happy. And it's not it's not always about that, I suppose. Um, I think with careers, so much of our identity and our status is tied up with it that it can really pressurise us into thinking, oh, if I just get that right, then everything will be absolutely fine. Also, I think passion looks like different things to different people. Like I've always struggled with, you know, find your passion because I'm just not a jump up and down passionate person. That's not how I express my passion. So sometimes I'll say to clients, you know, it doesn't need to look like that if it's just an interest that won't go away. You can't stop reading about it or when you speak to somebody about it, it makes you think deeply or you just love talking about it that sort of thing and that's passion that's interest it doesn't need to look like what it might seemingly look like on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and yeah some people have so many interests that pinning it down into one job just may not work you might need to do a couple of things to feel like you're really ticking all of those boxes so yeah, I think there sometimes can be a bit too much pressure that, that we put on our work to, yeah, to just to really make us happy. And it's, as you well know, comes a lot of it comes from within. So mm, not definitely. always the whole answer. So Yeah, yeah. And I love that idea of knowing that passion can be expressed in different ways like we have this idea of how an extrovert might be when they're really passionate about what they do and they're like posting about what they do on Instagram and it all seems like so exciting but for like a lot of us and the more introverted types that might be a quieter sort of interest in something that you know we might dismiss if we're thinking it has to be that certain way Mm. and not to dismiss that. Yeah, because some people will say to me, oh, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't have any passions, I don't have any interests, I don't have any hobbies. But then when you get down to it, they do. It's just that they think it has to look like, as you say, Tom Cruise jumping on the sofa, declaring <laughs> his love for whoever. Um, but yeah, it, it, it mm. looks different to different people. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what do you think about multi-hyphenates because I realized the other day that I'm probably a multi-hyphenate um, <laughs> I love because I don't just have one job so yeah I'm a podcaster writer therapist <laughs> I don't know Instagrammer <laughs> I feel yeah. like I'm like a technical IT engineer at times trying to sort out some of my <laughs> website and stuff is that something you see people wanting to do like having all these interests and wanting to do all of them Absolutely. I mean, I've I've definitely seen more and more people interested in the idea of a portfolio career. I guess it draws on what I was saying that they they do have a lot of interests. They like variety, and they really like the idea of doing different things that bring out different sides of them. 
Because if you find that a lot of what you're looking for conflicts in some way, it's a perfect way to have a balance of all of it. Yeah, and I, and I guess, you know, self-employment and flexible working and the popularity of it has meant that it's, it's accepted, it's fairly easy to get going and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I do you think it's um, of interest to people and they really like the idea of it and it can work really well? And I guess for you, everything that you do does tie together in some way. It comes back to anxiety and helping people work through that. For some people, it's completely different things. They might do three days a week for, I don't know, an advertising agency, and then they might have a, a baking business, and then they may, I don't know, submit long-form journalism about social issues. So, yeah, it can be completely different, or it can be really collaborative, which is, is what is great about it, yeah. Mm, I like that idea. I like the idea that, yeah, people could have different jobs that are completely unrelated and it doesn't have to be even in the same kind of vein. I like that idea. Mm. What about self-employment versus working for someone else? Do people grapple with this decision? Like whether, because I think in terms of anxiety, so for some people working for yourself would be a really good thing if you have anxiety because you could you have more control, more flexibility. But on the other hand, there's this kind of maybe more uncertainty. What do you see with, with that sort of thing? Yeah, I do see a lot of clients who yeah, are really interested in being self-employed because, as you say, it would allow them to be a lot freer and more flexible and, and that sort of thing. I think usually what clouds the judgment is around the uncertainty because we fall into this trap of thinking, right, well, I'm going to finish my job on Friday and then I'm going to start my business on Monday. And of course, that's going to create a huge amount of panic around, oh my God, what's going to happen? It's really uncertain. And what if I default on my rent or can't pay my mortgage and, and that sort of thing. But I think if it can be helpful to recognize that the transition can be whatever works for you and at a pace that works for you so it took me years before I went fully full-time as a coach because yes I was really concerned about the uncertainty and the stability of, of my income but I think if you can manage that and as I say do it in a way that you're comfortable with and it alleviates that concern and then all you're left with is is the benefits yeah, and this recognition that things go up and things go down and that is the nature of it. But once you learn how to deal with that and you have strategies to cope with that, then that's a um, good thing. Yeah, I do, I do see a real trend towards people wanting to go down that route. Maybe you just don't like being told what to do anymore. I don't know what it is. People are just so sick of especially if you're doing a job you don't enjoy, you've got somebody you don't respect telling you what to do. The bit of work they're telling you to do seems completely pointless with no impact or tangible result. So obviously you're going to think, well, if I'm going to have to do this, I'd rather do it for myself. That's always an option. 
but then I just think the way of life is quite appealing to our generation it just allows you to to travel and be flexible and work wherever and yeah just well be your own boss I suppose in all manners but then there's something so rewarding about being part of an organization that you really value and that is very collaborative and you work with people who become your friends and the overall aim is very purposeful and that can be a fantastic environment to be in as well and you do have the the stability and the lifestyle that that can bring sometimes yeah so there are pluses and minuses to both I know from from my experience I remember it took me a a few years to transition to being fully self-employed I think I started off I went down to four days a week and then three days a week and then finally went self-employed. And then when I did go fully self-employed, I just left my, the security of my day job. Basically, the main way that I got clients at the time, which was from Google, like every now and again, Google changes its algorithm and Google changes its algorithm. And I'd like written as a blog post and like got myself to like the top of Google, basically. And then the algorithm changed and I like literally disappeared from Google and all my clients like disappeared overnight and I had this horrible time of yeah just having no money <laughs> yeah. January of 2014 but oh, gosh. <laughs> I remember it well memory, yeah. yeah and you know and obviously in those situations that's one of the downsides of working for yourself along with probably not having colleagues I quite miss not sitting in yeah. the office having colleagues to chat to but then there are lo- amazing benefits as well. So I think, yeah, it's about weighing it up. What, what yeah, are the benefits and the costs? Definitely. I think the, the popularity of co-working spaces is great if you're self-employed now, because, yeah, that is a major drawback is, is the isolation sometimes. I think those co-working spaces where you almost have an office and you're surrounded by the same people every day, that can really alleviate that. Um, that downside I suppose but yeah I think there there's definitely that drawback with with self-employment but I imagine that you learn from that and even when you do have slow periods now you're able to talk your head out of it and carry on regardless so and you're still here today still here still going yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It's something that the first few times it happens when you have those natural ups and downs in work when you're self-employed, it can feel unnerving, but then you do it for long enough. I've been doing this for eight years now. And so I just have learned that it's normal to have those ups and downs, busy times, less busy times, and you just accept it and know that it's, it's not the end of the world. And that's the thing, you don't see that externally. And I think that's what can be difficult when you are self-employed because you think everyone else is just going up and up and up because you you might get people saying yeah I've had a great month but they certainly don't then say oh I've had a really bad month (laughs) so yeah there's that that pressure with self-employment you sort of it'd be great if people talked about those ups and downs more so that there wasn't that that pressure to when things aren't great that you think oh god I'm the only one and it's because I'm a failure and that sort of stuff. That's such an interesting point. And I think especially for people who, well, particularly in the coaching world, this is like a big phenomena, 
where people talk about like, I made this much money this month in coaching. And sometimes you're like, mm, no, you didn't. You're just saying, you're saying that to, to try and attract more people. But I guess, I suppose with people with their own businesses, yeah, it makes sense for them to only talk about the good stuff because if they might damage their business if they don't talk about the good, if they talk about the bad stuff, sorry. So yeah, we need to remember that behind the scenes, there's always those ups and downs. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the problem with the internet in general. It's all just highlights and that's just not how life is in reality. So yeah, I think the more you can recognise that, the, the better. Mm. Yes, definitely. So just final question. I mean, is there anything else that you think is important for people to know about changing careers or any final bit of advice that you would want to share? I think I would always just say that you're, you're not stuck. You're not trapped. People who are unhappy in their careers do have options. And with the right, the right plan and the right transition that works for you, then it is, it is possible. There's just, I just don't think there's any reason these days to stay doing something that you don't enjoy because we work so hard and so often it's such a big part of our life that it would just be great if it was spent doing something that, that you had an interest in and that really brought out the best in you. So I suppose the advice would be to start thinking about your options and start making it happen in small steps. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a massive change that happens immediately, just little baby steps in, in the right direction. Amazing. Such good advice. Thank you so much for talking oh, to us. You're very welcome. Yeah, lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Where can people find out more about you and what you do? So my website is alicestapleton.com. So you can find out everything about me on there. And are you on any social media? Yes, I knew you were going to ask me that. And I was suddenly having a brain fade about what my Instagram is. I think it's alice underscore career coach. But I'm on Twitter as well and Facebook. Amazing. Thanks so much for talking. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I have loved this conversation. Come on over to Instagram and let me know what you think. You'll find me at Chloe Brotheridge. And please do subscribe to the Karma You podcast for more on how to become your calmest, happiest and most confident self. And I'm just wishing you a great week and sending you loads of love and hope you'll tune in again. Thanks a lot. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.